afternoon. Welcome to Thursday's panel on RNZ National. Just looking at the traffic here, uh, Tamaki Makoto Highway start packing in. Uh, travel times as of 4pm according to Waka Kotahi. So Auckland to Thames, uh, 2 hours and 39 minutes. That's 70 minutes slower than usual. Auckland to Walkworth, 1 hour 34 minutes. 32 minutes slower than usual and Auckland to Hamilton 2 hours and 38 minutes that is 72 minutes slower than usual I just see here Auckland CBD to Jury uh, it'll take uh, motorists uh, 1 hour and 49 minutes 75 minutes slower than usual so um, yeah the traffic is really slammed so do take care out there across the country not just in uh, Auckland Lavina Good and Sam Johnson with me this afternoon now this first, how will yesterday's interest rate, interest rate hike impact mortgages? The official cash rate lifted about twice as much as expected. The Reserve Bank hiking the OCR by 50 points to 5.25%, saying inflation is still too high and persistent and employment is beyond its maximum sustainable level. It's at its highest level since late 2008. One tweet yesterday summed it up. Get ready, Middle New Zealand. We're about to get screwed. And I've done the sums on our own mortgage. Can I just say, it's not pretty. Hundreds of dollars extra a week. What about you? Let us know. With us is John Bolton, the founder of Squirrel Mortgages Broking Firm. John, kia ora. Kia ora. First, did you expect this sort of hike, John? Oh, no, look, I thought they would go 25, um, so I was surprised by 50. I thought they would sort of start to slow down a bit sooner than they obviously are. Um, so I think most people were surprised, to be honest. No. So I've told you, me, looking at my own sums, going, OK, <laughs> all right. Yeah. How we, um, have, I mean, ha- have you dealt with people feeling the squeeze? Oh, look, everyone's feeling the squeeze. Right? I don't think there's anyone that's sort of, you know, excited about these higher rates. The thing is, you know, we've got so many people coming off rates still around sort of three and a half to four percent. Uh, you know, a lot of people that fixed last year for a year are coming off at the moment, so that, they've got a pretty big adjustment coming through. But you know, people are hundred bucks a week. All right, stay there, John. Uh, you're, you're you're breaking up a bit, so if you could just move your head Sorry. just a little bit, it's okay, John. <laughs> No, no worries. Just uh, move a metre to your left or right and we'll go to uh, Lavina. I don't know whether or not, Lavina, you're in the situation or not, uh, that you'll, there'll be a little bit added uh, to uh, your mortgage. Yeah, absolutely. Let's really hope it stops rising. I was huh. surprised, um, like most people, with that with that rise. And, and it's the difference between people losing their homes and their businesses. And I think this battle against inflation is really far from over surely the mortgage rates are close to a peak. Otherwise, people will just be forced to sell their houses. You know, I've got mates that purchased a house during the peak of the housing boom. They've both got full-time jobs, and if it keeps on increasing, they will be forced to sell, which has a a real negative effect on the economy. So I do have a question for John. I know the budget's coming around um, in May, May the 18th, the head of the Reserve Bank's next viewing of the OCR a week later. Do you think we can expect another 25, maybe 50 point rise or no? Because most people are hoping no, but we just don't know. Yeah, look, I think I think you're going to get another 25, whether it's at the next OCR change or the one after that. But that in all likelihood will be the last increase. I think, look, the thing is that wholesale interest rates were actually starting to fall over the last couple of weeks. 
we'd seen about probably half a percent to three quarter of a percent reduction in sort of money market interest rates, which banks use to price mortgages. And and what the Reserve Bank's done by going that bit extra this time is sort of said to the wholesale markets, look guys, don't get too carried away. We don't want to see rates falling yet. Um, so I don't expect the floating rates will go up half a percent, but most Kiwis aren't floating. Most Kiwis are fixed. So, you know, um, the, the one-year rate will probably go up a little bit, but fix-year rates out past two years, I don't think they'll change uh, much, if at all. Uh, I, I really do think we're at peak fixed rates now. Now, that doesn't sort of change it. Sorry about that. That's okay. <laughs> that we can hear really, you loud and clear. Yeah, that, that doesn't really change it for, um, you know, for all of these borrowers that are coming off, you know, extremely low rates. You know, they've still got a front into this. I, I guess what it does mean is that, Look, the, the Reserve Bank is slowing the economy down damn fast, from my perspective. And, um, and you know, we know that um, rates are going to start to fall at some point. Uh, and and I, think, I think that point's probably end of this year, early next year. So people have just got to camp out and wait a bit longer. Okay, that's the message we're hearing here. Camp out, wait a bit longer, even though you are one of those people who have got to um, uh, well, just try and find that extra cash. Sam Johnson, how about you? Yeah, I mean, it's certainly uh, impacting uh, us, and I, I think, um, like, like everyone, it's, it, you've got you've got to be a bit creative about it. So a couple of things I'm, I'm doing is uh, we're renting out an extra room, and I'm oh, actually okay. looking at renting out a car park too. Uh, and that's just the beauty of having a house in a pretty good location, um, that perhaps the car park's interesting. So we're having to look um, a little bit cre- creatively, and I guess, you know, that's what we have to do in these these tough times. And, I, and my prediction is it will still get a little worse. Um, and But the only good news is, I guess, that's this, this rake hike was arguably already priced in, so it may not necessarily go up uh, again. Um, and the final point, um, Wallace, I, and there's my slight conflict here, I'm on Westpac Bank's sustainability panel, so we have quite in-depth discussion with the bank on this. Um, uh, you've got to talk to them. I mean, definitely understand that banks are businesses and that they want you to succeed in paying your mortgage eventually. So so actually when you do get into trouble, talk to your bank, talk to your bank. And I think it's really easy um, to, to sort of see them as the big the big beast, and which they are in many cases. Um, but, uh, you know, huh. people, great people like John and, and others and mortgage brokers and people who've got real advice and expertise in this place, I think we just have to um, you've m- make, make sure we're all take, making the most of that advice. Well, and talking thanks to the right for people. clarifying that, Sam. And uh, because someone was on Facebook the other day, John, just going, oh, I'm, I'm in a real bind. Uh, you know, I, I'm not. I'm not quite sure how I can meet the payments. And people were saying, "Go get some advice," or actually, indeed, do talk yeah. to your bank. Is is that something that you can back up, Sam, on that? Yeah, ab- oh, absolutely. No, John. Oh, John. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, absolutely. Um, there's a lot of consumer protection out there these days. You know, so um, banks are very cautious when dealing. Um, with borrowers to make sure that they're really looking after them. There's a responsible lending code that, that's really quite tough on lenders, and they've, they've got to do a really good job of looking after people. So don't be afraid. Um, the best thing to do is talk to them and talk to them before you get in trouble. The, um, the best thing to do is, is, is to do it in advance. Um, you know, the sort of options that are out there, banks don't want to see you going on interest only. Um, if you can afford to stay on principal and interest repayments. But look, at the end of the day, if, if you need to go on interest only, they're going to accommodate that. Um, they're going to so help you. Lavina? 
I'm just thinking, I guess it's really difficult for those in our community and societies that are facing these struggling issues and knowing just how well the banks are doing at the moment, making multi-tens, billions of dollars worth of profit. And you go see a bank manager or speak to someone from the bank and they say, well, you have to get a second job. And and we know how tough it is for families at the moment trying to take care of kids that already have full-time jobs, but it's like spend less, get another job. That advice sounds great, but when you implement that, it can have real detrimental effects, not just on your farm but also on your local and a national economy as well because you stop spending. So there, there has to be that trust factor as well. And I think it's easy to say, get another job and spend less, but it's not so easy to do. That's a fair point, John Bolton. Oh, look, absolutely. Totally agree. Um, you know, we've, we've had situations, you know, through COVID, um, you know, we had periods there where um, people could go on repayment holidays. Um, you know, we had people who lost their jobs uh, at places like Air New Zealand. I couldn't pay the mortgage at all, and, and the banks gave them time to work through that process. So I think there's been lots of examples over the last few years where banks will be accommodating, you know, providing people are you know doing it, doing it, doing it as hard as they can. But look, totally take take the point around, you know, there's only so much that people can do, and it's pretty tough out there. You know, people are, are working hard, they're sacrificing already. This isn't an easy environment for a lot of people. Good on you, John. Thanks for being with us, John Bolton, their founder of Squirrel Mortgage Broken Firm. It's 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 hard to come up with uh, an extra hundred bucks a week, let alone hundreds, uh, Olivia, isn't it? It's 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 there are people out there listening to this who will be really uh, mm. under pressure. Nervous. They're under pressure, they're struggling and they're nervous and, and they've got full-time jobs and they've got tamariki and all of a sudden a bill comes in or they've blown a tyre or one of your children say, I want to play hockey and the hockey fees are really expensive and and you're told by people, go get another job or take on a border or, or spend less and it sounds okay and it sounds like that'll get us through it and just stick in there and just do it. It's not so easy to do and you just have to speak to members of the community to realise just how much they are struggling. There's heaps of them, Wallace. Uh, someone says, I work for a bank. Please talk to your bank. We have options and help available. I don't think I've ever told anyone to get another job. Uh, another one here says... It's, it's, it's really surprising how many people don't go and talk to the bank, though. I think that's a, well, there's this perception oh. that you can't talk to them, and I guess that, that is what we've got to climb over. It's, not, it's almost not, yeah, not good enough to say, oh, it's just a really bad situation. We've got to go. You've, we have to have creative solutions, and we have to let them help, help us solve the problem. 18 past four, the panel, RNZ National. Nice to have your company. And if you're driving, I hope you've got the radio uh, turned up onto the panel. Um, text me, 2101. Not if you're driving, but uh, for anything that you want to um, give feedback on. And uh, we'll keep you up to date with the uh, traffic times there. But to those, this is really interesting, actually. If they took away your letterbox, would you miss it? Strolling... Uh, to the letterbox in your slippers to receive the Christmas card from the local real estate agent, that water bill, the occasional letter. Well, there's a concern that a new mail hub proposal will see fewer deliveries to homes, more theft. The idea is to have mail delivered to some sort of a hub as opposed to your letterbox. Starting to happen in some rural areas, a petition was presented on the issue at Select Committee today. With us is John Maynard, the National President of the Postal Workers Union. John, kia ora. Um, kia ora, Wallace. This is the first I've heard of it. Heard of it. Tell mm. us more about this proposal. What first is this mail hub? Okay, the start of this is uh, the company no longer having a subsidy, a temporary subsidy from the government to run the postal service. 
and they're saying once it drops below break-even, they'll go to a corporate model. Uh, they talk about the last mile. That's where you get your letter to your house. Uh, already that we are aware of two subdivisions in a rural area where the contractor has been told not to deliver letters to the individual houses, but people are required to have a bank of letterboxes up on the roadway or in a central place. <clears throat> What's starting to happen is they get vandalised. Uh, people don't know what mail they've lost or what parcels they've lost. We put it to the company, if you're already doing this in the rural areas, you're no longer uh, having the contractor go inside and deliver to the houses as they had, uh, are you going to start doing this in the suburban areas as well as part of your cost saving? Uh, that people will no longer have the mail delivered to their house, it'll be delivered to a bank of letters someplace, you go up there to collect your mail, somebody's broken into your letterbox. Good heavens, so this uh, could possibly be history-making. It could well be the end of postal delivery in New Zealand. Well, that's why we want to hear the voice of the people. So we don't want New Zealand Post to be deciding what's going to be good for the people of New Zealand. The posties hear complaints all of the time from the, from the customers. And so our union for 25 years pretty much has been not only the voice of the workers and organising their rights and their wages and conditions, but also passing on to the company the concerns that the people have and representing those concerns, including submissions that uh, there should be an infrastructure of a postal vote, postal voting system. So what we're wanting to have happen is we want to hear from the people what is the minimum mail service that they would want and that that may require a subsidy okay all right i'm not quite sure um because i just came to this story today lavina i'm not quite sure how i'd feel uh whether or not it's a good or bad thing if my letterbox was taken away from me what about you yeah it's great it's great to have john on the show i've got a couple of questions for him i live slightly rural here in Taranga. i cannot see my letterbox it's at the top of a driveway where oh. there are four letterboxes from my neighborhood and just after christmas coinciding with the cost of living our letterboxes as a neighborhood were broken into three or yep. four times we managed to put locks on them to stop people breaking into them but the locks weren't strong enough so yep. they still got broken into um, so I, I'm thinking, wow, I'm wondering if it would make a difference for us to have a, a hub of sorts where we could go and, and perhaps get our, our mail that used to be delivered, not necessarily to our house, but to our letterbox, which is constantly broken into. But listening to John Maynard that he's saying that even, even though you have a hub, that's not necessarily more secure. There's still an option there for those to be broken into. So the question I have for you, John, I've got a couple. I'll chuck them at you at yep. once. Yeah. I guess yep. moving to this corporate model, um, the first question is, would this mean a loss of jobs uh, in the industry? And, and my other question is, do we have enough posties? Is that something that's driven driven this monetary decision in the first place? Well, going about enough posties, the company was not hiring enough posties. They said the, the wage wasn't enough to get posties. They boosted the wage up. But they were actually not hiring enough posties. Rounds weren't getting delivered. And we were raising that issue on behalf of the people. Um, that's still uh, a, a problem, although it's not as bad as it was. There are now a, a better proportion of posties to get the mail delivered. But we've had to make a big fuss about that. The first question was about the corporate model. Um, in the corporate model, uh, it may be that um, there would be fewer jobs. We think there are going to be fewer jobs anyway as the volumes, as the mail volumes go down. But this again is us raising these issues on behalf of the people. We've, we've been conscious about the, the people as a community don't really have a voice 
And so we've raised things like pulling out roadside posting boxes, um, preventing people from being scammed. There was a scam a few years ago. New Zealand Post did nothing about it. We kept raising with them. People are getting scammed millions of dollars. It wasn't until the union went to the Commissioner of Police and hand-delivered a letter that New Zealand Post accepted that, oh, we've got to protect people from being scammed. So okay. this is part of our, although it is about job, job numbers, of course, yes, it's also about being a voice for the people. Sam Johnson. John, I wonder if there's an opportunity in here around a different model of the way that the com- a community or a neighbourhood interacts with a with a com- with a with post off post boxes being in a central location, a sort of a community hub style thing, uh, and and what that could do around social isolation and loneliness and other sort of challenges when that actually that our very individualistic system right now doesn't deal with. Um, so that's the first point. And the second uh, second point. Um, I mean, I, I don't. I would. I'm quite happy not to have a mailbox at home. I'd happily go and pick it up once a week from somewhere most of my stuff comes online. But, of course, uh, I'm, a, I'm a young and fit, fit person. I, you, you, a lot of people actually would prefer to have it come right to their house. So I think there needs to be a range of solutions. Um, but it would be very interesting to think about what sort of uh, complex social issues we could change by encouraging people in neighbourhoods who are largely very separate and disparate to have to go somewhere um, and what the design of that facility or service There's would There's quite be. a few people saying, uh, Sam and Lavina uh, and uh, John, that uh, going out to the local, going out to your own letterbox is, is, is a right. It's a, it's, a, it's a morning or afternoon ritual. You know, out there, you put your slippers on, you've got your dressing gown on, you go out to the letterbox, you look around, you look up to see if there's any planes flying, you look at the, uh, uh, you, you look at the gardenias in the corner of the garden. <laughs> I you agree, take, but we don't necessarily want to pay for it, though. You take stock of the, it's, it's a chance to take stock of the street. It's a, it's a, bit, of a, it's a bit of a ritual. And this will be history-defining if New Zealand gets rid of... Sam, of the postal delivery service. But imagine service. if we replaced it with something that's actually a far superior option and kept a, a version of it for people who really valued that, going to the letterbox for that particular thing. What about that then, uh, John? A mail well, cafe hub where you can get a cappuccino and your mail uh, five minutes yeah. up the road. Now, that's a great idea, and people may make submissions recommending that. That's why we want to hear what it is that the people would want for a minimum postal system. People might like the idea, walking down to the hub there and having a chat with all their neighbours. They may prefer to get it uh, going out in their slippers and out to their own letterbox. That's why we don't want New Zealand Post imposing on the people what they think is good for people. Neither do we. We want to hear what the people want as a minimum postal service and recognising it may require a government subsidy. Let so that's the why people the speak. Committee call for submissions. All right, kia ora, John. Well said. Uh, yeah, very nice. Well said. John Maynard there, the National President of the Postal Workers Union, and yes, needless to say, big response uh, on that. Also, big response on uh, yes or no, why or why not, uh, should uh, Jacinda Ardern receive a dame or knighthood? Uh, the panel poll uh, snap panel poll, you'll hear the results uh, at 4.35 this afternoon. But to this, this happened today. Green Party MP Elizabeth Kerikere called a colleague, Chloe Swarbrick, a crybaby in a text message and sent to other MPs in error, reports RNZ. It was sent in group chat of Green staff and MPs while Swarbrick was speaking to the House on her sale and supply of alcohol amendment bill last night, which failed at first reading. And a screenshot of the message leaked to RNZ shows Kitty Kitty's text. Sucks that her bill goes through during list ranking. Please, universe, pick my bill tomorrow. Going on to add, OMG, what a crybaby. 
The second screenshot showed Kerry Kerry was alerted to her message by MP Ricardo Menendez March, who texted, uh, I think this is the wrong chat. Party co-leaders Marama Davidson and James Shaw said we're taking this matter very seriously. So around the panel on this, Lavina, the perils of social media, akin to, what, sending a text to the wrong person? Ever done that? It doesn't, it's not, it doesn't even have to be social media. It can just yeah. be you've got to watch that group text after you've had oh. a vino at night. That's the thing. It can go off to the wrong place at the wrong time. Um, I'm wondering if there's some history between Kitty Kitty and Swarbrick because, you know, just to have that sort of statement. But for mine, uh, Wallace and Sam, it doesn't really matter what she said or the context it was said. It's just indicative of a lack of unity within the Green Party at the moment. I think Madama Davidson is probably licking her lips that no one's talking about Cisgate for today. So she's probably thinking this is a nice little diversion. But for what it tells me is that there is no collective success on the radar at the moment for the Green Party. And they really have to start sorting this stuff out and work together and not be jealous of each other or condemn each other as they try and move forward and get votes. And that'll be the next uh, thing, Sam, because uh, Chloe Swarbrick is number three on the list. Uh, uh, Kerry was bumped up uh, to number four. Um, this will no doubt strain their working relationship. And honestly, it'll be a bit of a crappy thing to hear from a colleague. Yeah, I think it's a bit embarrassing, really, on Elizabeth's part. I mean, she's not a well-known um, MP, and I think she'll probably this will this will do her significant damage. Um, and it's almost as a shame that we're not talking about the issue, which was Chloe's. Uh, bill uh, to reduce alcohol harm which is the whole reason that she she was putting up that bill it failed I think that's a bit of a shame actually because it would be it would have been an interesting discussion to have around alcohol advertising even though it brings a lot of funding in for community groups so it's probably not uh, practical Uh, but I so I think it's uh, just an embarrassing little little tidbit and we probably should move on it would hurt though wouldn't it It would really uh, it would hurt it would hurt but I think that shows they've got a history if someone in the student volunteer army said Got, uh, in a group tech, gosh, Sam Johnson was next to useless. Uh, not that they ever did. It would hurt, yeah. And not that yeah. they ever will, but that you, you'd, take, you'd carry that for a while. Well, they, uh, that, well, and they very may, may, may well have Wallace, but so don't send it to the wrong person. Um, and people, <laughs> people, people do say things, but I think we just all have to be mindful of the impact that has on other people. And I think that's a, uh, you know, word, words do hurt. And you can go back to the wee sayings that we had at, at, had at school. And I think we yes. expect a better level of character and display of leadership from any MP. And this it has not shown that. So I think we should rightly all be angry and go, actually, get your act together. Why are you behaving like that and texting straight? Stupid things. Good on you, both uh, Lavina and Sam Kiara. Uh, of course, Jacinda should get the knighthood. Fantastic PM, bought us worldwide great publicity and saved thousands of lives. Best in the world, in fact, says Hedda. Adri says, no, she does not deserve it. She has allowed New Zealand to d- descend into chaos while dividing the country into us and them. Wasted so much resources on consultants uh, and not getting things done. So that's a big no, whether or not uh, Jacinda Ardern should uh, receive a knighthood. That uh, and the poll results are just after 4.30. It's time for headlines.